0: Dave owns seven businesses, which has generated over a billion dollars collectively for over 1,000 clients, including major brands and Fortune 100 companies like Target, Time Magazine, and American Express. When his doctor asked him at the age of 29, are you prepared for your heart attack? He realized he needed to learn how to scale businesses without stress killing him. Dave now runs his companies from the mountains Next to a river and three waterfalls. We got, see, we should be shooting with that in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Using a conscious capitalism and uncovering com- conventional marketing, unconventional marketing approach, he was able to rapidly grow his businesses by investing money into people in- instead of paid advertising. After selling his first business, he acquired three companies, has invested $3 million into companies this year. His mission is to employ over 200,000 people and revolutionize the way we reward good talent. He wants to be so big that the government can't ignore him because his companies take up too much of their GDP. Or simply put, he wants to buy the freedom that was stolen by the greedy individuals and corporations. So I'm excited to welcome David Valentine to Making Bank Today.
1: Happy to be here, Josh, man. super pumped.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, give us a little background. Obviously, it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur for some time. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in all this.
1: Yeah. Well, when I, you know, from a young age, I was doing entrepreneurial work. I, when I was ten, I went to my dad and I said, "Hey, Dad, can I borrow five dollars? I'm gonna go buy candy bars for twenty-five cents and sell them for fifty cents at school." And sure enough, I did that. Paid them back. Took the other five. Started buying more product, and I ran that business for a long time, man. And I kind of kept going since then. So that was my first foray. <laughs> cool. And then my uh, first grown up business, I started at 25. And I had been working in house in marketing and had worked with some outside digital agencies and saw what they were doing, saw the complete lack of transparency in their data, how opaque they were in their strategies. And I just thought, you know. I think that I could do this better if I started my own agency. So I had no idea how to start a company. I had no idea how to get customers. I had no idea how to fulfill some of these things that were going to be different than running it in-house. And I just started. Uh, And so, yeah, fast forward a little bit and... I was age 29, like you read, Josh, and my doctor pulled me in. He's like, hey, let's do a stress test. And this was after the company that I had started had kind of found some significant success. We, we were doing seven figures in total revenue and everything was on the up. But uh, the doctor pulled me in, he did a stress test, and then he said, hey, Dave, so you're the most stressed out person we've ever tested. And if you keep going on this trajectory, by the time you're 40, you're gonna be dead. And so I had to make some really conscious decisions and how I was going to run my business and what I was going to do for my own personal development. I was an athlete in high school, and of course that had slipped as I got married, had kids, started a business, all the things. And so I had to start to rediscover how to build a life and businesses that would help me sustain this trajectory for a long time and still live the lifestyle that I wanted to live.
0: Wow, yeah, thats I mean, that's gotta be a wake-up call when you roll into your doc and
1: <laughs> he drops that on you. Yeah, when you're 29, you don't expect your doc to say things like, hey, do you know when you're going to have your heart attack and you're not gonna make it to 40? Like that's just a weird concept. And so what I basically ended up doing, Josh, was I, I really started to get back into practices. So I started to work out again, right? And it was a thing that I'd been doing off and on. But when I was in high school, I was a weightlifter. I was a football player. I was a soccer player. Uh, and so I started to get back into some of those practices and they instantly made me healthier. I also started to do things like I started a meditation practice. I had never meditated before, and I, but I knew it was something that science said Hey this reduces your stress level reduces your cortisol so I started to do it it was immensely helpful and then the other thing that I really started to execute in my businesses was I started to go okay right now the business that I have needs Dave needs me to be the guru and if a client has an issue they're gonna come say hey mm. I got an issue Dave can you help me Hey uh, you know thanks for presenting this to me through your account manager but I want to hear Dave's thoughts on this hey Hey, Dave, can you fly to Knoxville to see us next week? We need to talk through some things. I need you in a boardroom for eight hours. We'll pay you. I need you in a boardroom for me. And so what ended up happening, Josh, was everything was built around my creativity, my ability to perform, my ability to do everything. And I had a decent sized team of very capable and competent individuals. And my clients expected me to show up to meet their needs on a regular basis. And so what I did instead, as was I ended up selling that business and when we started new businesses or we bought new businesses, I built them in such a way that they didn't need me. I built them in a way that they could run without me, I could be in the background, help them create products and services and then just stay back here, <laughs> not be stressed out. It allowed me to uh, you know, have different places where I can move to and from now And I spent a lot of time in the wilderness, which makes my cortisol drop. And it's been really fun to build up companies that are really beneficial to our clients, really beneficial to our students, but also allow myself and employees to live the lives that they want to lead.
0: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, when you're when you're running your business and you have it in your handcuff to it, you know, and and then it's just you know grinding on you like that, where you have to you're you're the go you're the go to guy for every little thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly taxing, and it's one of those things too where it sounds sexy at first to be the guy, especially when you're in your 20s, and that's what yeah, I was 25. I was like, man, I want right. to be thought of highly. And I and I had been in all my in-house marketing gigs. Everyone was like, Dave knows things that we don't know because he's been doing this since Friendster in MySpace. He understands Google SEO better than uh even our CMO. You know, like it was just it was a weird space to be in in that time frame where a lot of people, especially if they were over the age of 35, really had no concept for anything digital. And so now, you know. I'm at that age and now they're kind of, it's kind of catching up, but it's been really interesting, (laughs) Josh, to, uh, to be at this place now where I'm able to take a service company and productize that service in such a way that the team can produce the results and, and selling really purely on results instead of here's our scope of work. It allows for higher margin for us, better results for clients, and everybody wins.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, obviously different business models and everything, but uh, you know, something that's designed around results. Cause a lot of times companies will work with other companies and they're, uh, every month they're just charged a fee <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, even if I'm, you're not getting me results, I, I still keep getting with this ha- same fee every month, you know, which makes me as a business owner more in the negative every single month. So coming up with in kind of a results focused, Business, you know, to uh, grow companies, and then also the more you grow them, obviously, then you know, the, then you're paid better. Uh, is, is a really cool opportunity, and I think a good way to do it.
1: Yeah, and it's been super lucrative for us too. You know, I, one of the things that I've talked to a lot of, bi- we work with a lot of business owners. I, I do some consulting with just a handful of young entrepreneurs that are, you know, doing six figures, right? And they're like, "Man, I just really want to get to seven figures." And a lot of times I can help those people really quickly achieve that goal because I've done it a number of times. One of the things that people get concerned about, Josh, is they're concerned about giving guarantees or making promises, Mm. right? So I'll talk with an owner of an SEO marketing agency and I'm like, hey, listen, what does everybody want? And he's, he's very honest. He's like, everybody wants to be on page one. I was like, okay, could you guarantee someone to be on page one? He's like, well, if they had the budget, and they had the the money, then yeah, I could guarantee anyone that they could be on page one. Great, tell them that you're gonna guarantee it. They'll be on page one in the next 12 months or their money back. You give them everything back. And he was like, well, how would I do that? And I started to walk him through a process of just going, look, if someone has a local company and they're trying to do local SEO, you have tools, there are tools out there that tell you how much their competitors are spending. And so if you say to them, listen guys, Your competitors are spending 5K a month on search engine marketing. And from what we can tell, they're doing a little bit of organic SEO on the back end. They've got content that's going live on a regular basis. So in order to compete with them and really beat them and show up on page one, you're going to need to spend $8,000 a month in search engine marketing. And we're going to need to do more organic SEO than they're doing right now to the tune of $15,000 a month. But if we do that for 12 months, you're going to be on page one. Okay, that's all you have to say. A lot of businesses, they have this thought, right? They go in and they say, hey, my budget's $3,000 or $5,000 for this marketing effort or this software, whatever it is. And a lot of times what salespeople fail to do is ask relevant questions and be curious to figure out how painful that experience is. So in this SEO example, we know that if you're on page one, page one, show ups. So if you're showing up on page one of a Google search, you absorb 81% or more of the traffic mm. from Google searches. So sure. that first page is so valuable, right? So if you say to a person, this is what I was talking to this, this owner about, who's absolutely brilliant, super sharp guy. And he and I were having this chat and I said, so let's say that they're getting, uh, you know, 20 leads a month through their website and they're on page five. I said, you know what's how much traffic gets to page five from a Google search? And he goes, oh, it's like a fraction of a percent. And I said, beautiful. So what you're saying is they could see up to an 80X return on their web traffic. They could 80X their, their leads right now if they got to page one. If they got to you know the top half of page one, they're going to do really, really well. He's like, oh yeah, they, they could have <laughs> great success. Cool. Ask them in a sales call. Ask them in a sales call, how, what their close percentage is like of those 20 leads a month. Is it 10%? Is it, let's say it's 10%. They only close two a month. Fine. That's great. What if we, you know, and I told them, I was like, you can be conservative about it. You 20 X their leads. So they go from 20 to 400 and they still close 10% and they're closing 40 a month. How much is those, are those 38 new customers, clients worth every month for them? And he's like, oh, that's a good question. I was like, yeah, that's what you're selling. So if you tell me I put in 15K a month and I'm a small business, but I'm going to get 200,000 back every month and I can stack that on top of them each other, I'm going to spend that money all day, man. It's just taking people back to simple math and also giving people a promise or a guarantee that's relevant to the result that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's super important. And I think a lot of times as business owners, You know, we miss that part of it. You're looking at, okay, you know, I, I want to help the person and, you know, and, and this is kind of the way everybody's doing it. So that's kind of the way we're doing it. Whereas you being able to step outside, like you said, and by knowing, you know, knowing the data and then providing them with that information, you know, they're able now to say, okay, cool. We can guarantee, you know, what we're doing based on this, this, and this and you know i think by taking that a a different approach being able to look at that um it allows a business in whatever industry that they're in to really change how they're doing things i know when i started my crossfit gyms back in the day i looked at all the big ones across the united states and the like the top five and how they were doing business and and then i looked at all the ones in our area and all the ones in our area were part-time part-time coaches The hours things like that and i was like all right cool we when's the first globo gym open all right 5 a.m we want to be open at 5 a.m you know and we want to close at this time and we want to have full-time coaches and you know classes you know this this and this and we want to have the most opportunity to have you know equipment and stuff and to give people the best workouts and the best results and by doing that, we grew in 18 months to almost a million dollars in revenue. One of the largest, you know, uh, over 400 members. And um, we grew from like a thousand square feet to uh, close to 8,000 square feet space in that time frame. So, you know, just taking a different perspective and looking at it a different way um, can really change the dynamics of what you're doing.
1: A thousand percent. Yeah. I love that story, Josh. That's great.
0: As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the right people for the right job that you want to talk to faster and for free. One of the great things I know we use LinkedIn Jobs for our company, when we were looking for someone to add to our marketing team, we were able to really dive in, put in exactly what we wanted, and... All of a sudden we had a lot of different potential applicants coming to us and we were super excited when we found the right candidate after several weeks and got him hired on our team and was really excited and really appreciate LinkedIn Jobs easiness to use as well as the potential candidate pool. In LinkedIn Jobs you get to create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring on your network, which can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash making bank. Again, that's linkedin.com forward slash making bank to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply as usual. When you sold your businesses or you got rid of your other businesses and started, uh, acquired the new companies and then were setting those up, what were the first couple things that you're like, all right, I want to make sure I'm, you know, doing something different. I want to make sure that I'm you know, able to grow these. So I'm not the go-to guy <laughs> anymore. So what did that look like for you? Or how did you look at, you know, setting those up?
1: Yeah. So we did a few different things, Josh. You know, one of the things we did was we said, okay, if we're going to base things off results, then it really gives our staff clarity on what they're trying to accomplish. Right. So instead of saying, hey, this is the product that we do, we gave them mechanisms to then get the results. So uh, for instance, one of my companies is an outsourced SDR or BDR firm, right? So they set meetings for other businesses with other businesses. Those are our clients. So we have a set way that we work with people, right? We do quarterly guarantees for a minimum number of meetings. Uh, if we don't hit those meeting, the minimum number of meetings in a quarter, then we work for free for 30 days, and then if we still haven't hit the minimum number for meetings uh, required, then we'll actually refund them a prorated amount, the client that we're working with, based on the lack of meetings. But the, the flip side is where the value is, right? So assuming that we don't just hit the minimum number, but we exceed it, now your cost per meeting goes down. So what's great about what we did to make it so that I'm not the guru, I'm not the guy that clients are coming to, A, clients don't know that I exist. Outside of uh, You're right. maybe seeing some marketing stuff. I'm big into TikTok. I, you know, uh, uh, I do podcasts and whatnot, but they don't talk to me really. Uh, every now and again, they'll get past my way because they've been a long-term client. They're, they're really nice and they just need a little Dave love, which is cool. For the most part, they don't know that I exist. So this, the second thing is. Whenever we set up each of these programs, we had some defined channels that work. So for the SDR and BDR firm, we said, look, cold email outreach works. It's how we built the first business. And, and then creative direct mail follow-up is really the second ticket. So we send interesting things in the mail, Josh. I don't like to send boring things. So we'll send things in the mail like a pinata that comes outside of a box, has a shipping label on one side, has a message with a QR code at the bottom. Uh, and so the message might say, hey, you know, just like this pinata, there's more that you can get out of your lead generation. Let us take a whack at it for you and f- show you the goodies. Right. And then at the bottom, it says, hey, scan the QR code, book an appointment with our team. There's actually candy inside. It's super fun. Uh, the thing that's fun about this, too, Josh, is that people put these items out in the conference room. Hey, look what somebody sent us. We'll send things in the mail like uh, a message in a bottle and tubular mail. Right? and it says, hey, I'm writing to you from a far-off place where your lead generation is taken care of for you and you never have to wonder if you're going to hit your sales goals next quarter. And scan the QR code. And so we've done stuff like that. We've also worked with a company based out of Boston that does AI robot handwritten notes. Same idea. Hey, listen, I want to give you a personal touch. I want to make make you have something that is going to feel very uh, intimate and, and personalized. And the reality is we, we send them out in mass for ourselves and our clients, and they work fantastically. Um, so we gave all of our, our staff members two channels to work with. We said, listen, we, we have to generate more meetings. But outside of those two things, what else can we do? So anytime that they start to encounter problems, we have a good structure and hierarchy of how we run the companies. We run all of our companies using the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. And so with that comes some Mm -hmm. checks and balances. There also come some ways to elevate and escalate issues and concerns. And so really what my job is, Josh, is to lead the leaders and to train the department heads and the people that are running the companies. And that's where the gold is is that as a leader myself, if I'm training them up and developing them, now they take what they're learning from me, which I don't have that many direct reports, and they go trickle it down to their staff and everybody gets better.
0: That's awesome, yeah, I mean, that's a great way. I mean, you know, I mean, is obviously selling your businesses and things like that. Um, obviously, the more attached and more involved and things like that that you are, the less value unless you stick around with it is, whereas if you, when you're not the head guy or the front guy or the person that has to, you know, the, be the go-to guy, um, there's more value in a business because then you can step away and whoever buys it from you can easily slide in and, you know, fill those systems, you know, continue to work with those those people in place. I know we got a little bit of time left other than obviously the heart attack issue that had come up years ago. What was maybe one of your biggest challenges within your businesses that you really had to kind of take and overcome and, and how'd you get through all that?
1: Yeah, one of the biggest challenges was having people that were misaligned with the Mm. vision of what we were trying to accomplish. And what I mean by that, so in the first business, I launched it with a business partner. He was a guy that I was super close with. Uh, We were friends before we were business partners. And we launched the business and I started a family. Like literally uh, three weeks before the business uh, officially launched to the world, my wife goes, hey, uh, we're pregnant. And so I had to make this business work. I didn't have the opportunity to just kind of coast. Right. And my business partner at the time was a single guy and had very little expenses. And he was giving it a go with me. Like he worked at it too. And he also just wanted to live a different lifestyle than me. He was like, man, I really only work. This didn't come out until later, but he really wanted to work like 35, 40 hours a week, call it a day, go home. And that was not what I was up to. I was working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks every single week. It's part of the reason why I almost had a heart attack. And so it was just a difference in alignment that happened again later too in other businesses. And it's one of the things that we're constantly fighting with people is we try and bring them in through a pretty robust hiring process and we really try and make sure that they're aligned with our core values. And our core values is, are how we hire, promote, and fire people. And so if they don't have the core values, they're not a good fit, then we don't hire them. Or if somehow they slip through, then they will get fired based on the core values. And so one of the things that we're constantly doing, Josh, is we're just going, man, is everybody in alignment on the team? Do we all understand what the objective is and agree it's the right objective? And anytime that we have uh, employees who don't align or other business owners that are partners with me and some of the businesses that I own, if our values don't align, they buy me out. I'll buy them out. We can't do this together if we're not in alignment. And then that's different than having a disagreement that lasts for a little bit. It's really just going, man, what are we actually trying to accomplish here? And we have big, hairy, audacious goals, 200,000 employees. That's not small. Uh, we have big visions for what we want to accomplish. So we need everybody rolling in the same direction.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's that's super important as well. I've run into that often in times over the years. I've owned like 15 companies since I was 14. So <laughs> a vision in alignment with partners as well as, you know, making sure you have the right team members is huge for sure. And and being able to grow and also uh, reduce your overall stress for sure, guys. I hope you guys are listening to what Dave's talking about today, uh, uh, paying attention to the different uh, golden nuggets that he's been able to drop here for you in his business and in, in his life, and uh, how he's grown his businesses, how he's brought uh, people on, uh, you know, to his team and everything. And it's super important whether you have a, just a few people, whether you have you know a few hundred people, you know, to make sure you have the right alignment with those people on your team as well as go back, listen, watch this again, take those notes and then start implementing it. Start implementing what he's talking about. Take one idea from this whole uh, episode today, implement it and see how it works for you. Uh, just a couple of minutes left, Dave. What's uh, one thing you're like, oh man, I hope Josh was going to ask me this, but he didn't. Or like, I really want to make sure I l- talk about this before we wrap up today.
1: Yeah, Josh, well, uh, I, you know, one of the things that, I love to do is I love to help other business owners. It, it really gets me out of bed in the morning. I believe it's not lip service like a politician. This is an actual true belief that I have and I uphold it in many ways. Small businesses are what we need, man. And we need more entrepreneurs who are ethical and who want to do right by their employees and right by their communities and right by their clients and customers. So if someone's listening and they align with that. They're like, man, that's me. I, I want to do that. I want to do right by my employees. I want to do right by the community. I actually have an offer for them, Josh, if it's cool. I want to give something away yeah, for free. Yeah, for sure. That's all right. Definitely. So here's the thing. If you're listening and you're a, uh, a B2B company, you're trying to, to reach other businesses to sell them your products or services, I'd love to connect with you and give you three meetings booked on your calendar for you to sell for free. All you got to do is drop me an email. You can email me david at avadel, which is A-V-A-D-E-L dot agency. David at avadel. agency. Send me an email, put in the title, Making Bank Podcast, and uh, I'll get you hooked up, set up for uh, three meetings booked for free, no strings attached. And uh, man, that is my gift to your audience. I really I, I thoroughly enjoyed being here on your podcast. And man, if I can help, some other entrepreneurs grow their business, I want to. Awesome.
0: Uh, David, thanks again for coming on Making Bank. Really appreciate your time today and an honor to have you on the show.
1: Likewise, Josh. Thanks so much, man.
0: I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank.